Oh, Jesus. S&P 500 program trade by Okay, one of the biggest and most common mistakes retail traders make is they look at one market in isolation. Or worse, when they look at more than one market, they ignore how these markets work together. Today we're going to talk about adding a couple of new things to your watch list to help you start seeing relationships. Is it easy? No. But is it hard? I don't think so either, but it's worth it. Okay, we're going to look at ultra futures. We're going to talk about them. It should be a short podcast, but an interesting one if you don't know about these things. So please hang around. But first, I want to mention Canon Trading. This is not an ad, but just a nice mention. These guys have been helpful recently to a couple of our new subscribers, and I thought it'd be nice to mention them. Uh, if you're shopping around for a different broker, perhaps have a chat to them and see how you go. Canon Trading with a double N, not a single N, like the, like the gun thing on a boat, not the not the camera. Uh, ask for Ilan, very nice chap, and he's been helpful to a few subscribers here. All right, so let's get on with it. Today we talk about ultra futures. Even if you don't trade them, never heard of them, or think they sound a bit kooky, listen on because I'll show you why they should be on your watch list. Incidentally, this, is, this topic is thinly disguised. It's a thinly disguised message about expanding the markets you look at, which is a common message of mine. If you've listened to me before or followed the training uh, on my site, then it's no surprise. Okay, so anyway, let's get on with it. So what are they? The ultra futures contracts are part of the yield curve. They are interest rate futures contracts traded on the CME. You all know the T-note, right? You might follow the T-note. The short answer to why they are important is they give treasury traders more info to see what's happening in the market than just watching the T-note. They show you where the weaknesses might be or where the quick trades might be. And in fact, I'll go into a, uh, a good example of um, watching these relationships and, and finding quick trades um, later on. So even if you've not traded the treasuries and are not trading spreads in the treasuries, you might be trading the mini or the NASDAQ or a currency. Knowledge of both interest rate movements and movements in the yield curve, that is the relationships between these contracts, will put you ahead of the people that don't. It is that simple, right? I'm going to repeat that, actually. These markets are all related, whether we like it or not. Understanding relationships can help you see where the trades are. A break in one might trigger a movement in the other, or a weakness in one might hold back another market from breaking. That kind of magnetic behavior, if we can call it that, that magnetic behavior happens in the intraday and happens in the longer term, and it happens all the time. Uh, that can help you see the weak points where the market is, where a move, say, in the S&P might lose its steam or continue. You know? uh, so understanding the influence of, of, of the markets that influence the market you're trading um, can help you commit to a trade or know when to fold them, as they say. Uh, if you're trading the T-note and have an interest in it, this will expand the potential trades that are in front of you. Okay, so specifically, what are they? The main treasury futures contracts have always been the five-year note, the 10-year note or the T-note, and the 30-year bond, also called the T-bond, the bond or the long bond. Most platforms... Uh, calling calling either the the ten year a ten year or the thirty year these days is no longer accurate. But while a five still represents a five year interest rate on a treasury bond, the T note can be can rep, be representing a note anywhere between 
six and a half years to 10 year maturity. The T bond is different. That represents a bond or a, a, a security with a 15 to 25 year maturity. It's no longer 30 years. This is where the ultras come in, right? This is why they were created. The ultras, the ultra tens is a note with a maturity in between nine and a half to 10 years, right? So it's very close to a 10 year note. And the ultra bond is one that's greater than 25 years. So it's closer to a 30 year note, right? So they plonk right there in the yield curve. So essentially the ultra contracts are just adding to what's sitting on the yield curve. Right, they have the same contract size and tick size as the T bonds uh, or the or the five year note. Uh, the difference is they simply represent different points on the yield curve. Right, so they give you more things to look at. So why do we give us stuff? What's the whole point with this? We could talk about its usefulness for economists and bloggers and a analysts and and all that kind of stuff. But for us spec traders, it simply gives us more choice and more understanding of what the market is doing at any particular point in time. Right. More understanding gives us confidence to click in, to go with a move or to fade a move. You know, I get a lot of emails from people saying, oh, I like this trade, but I don't have the confidence or I stopped out too early because I didn't have the confidence to hold it. Understanding, knowing your market, knowing what's going on around you gives you that confidence, right? Looking at the whole yield curve can not only show you what interest rates are doing, but they can also be useful to judge commitment in other markets, like if you're trading the uh, e-mini or a currency, right? In the prop trading world, the best way we would teach a, a new trader the concept of correlated markets and intermarket relationships is to trade a yield curve. Um, spreading pairs or indices like the, the, um, the, the Russell or the S&P is less reliable and it's a less sensible trade than trades across the yield curve. That's why you see prop firms trading yield curve. Uh, in the dealing room, we never went down the ultra path too far because when I was there, those markets were relatively new. Uh, but, and here's the big but, these markets are developed enough to pay attention now. So they don't just give you the choice of more markets to trade. Um, in fact, forget that advantage for a second. Both markets, both ultras can show you how strong uh, a move one way or the other will be or is going to be. Right. Now, there is a pretty tight mathematical relationship between these markets. You will not see, for example, the T note trending upwards while the ultra note is trending down. That just doesn't happen. That can happen, say, uh, if you're if you're trading, um, you know, one of my screens, I have all the micro contracts uh, and that can that can happen, as you probably well know, trading the Nasdaq versus the Russell versus the S&P. Right. That can happen. Um, but that doesn't happen in interest rates. But what can happen is you have these little leader and lagger moments. Right? To get a handle on this, you need to know what's called DVO1s. If you don't know what they are after this, or even pause this now, and go and listen to my podcast on the treasuries. It explains it. I won't go into great detail here. So go and listen to that one. Uh, but in short, a DVO1 shows you the dollar amount a contract moves to represent a single move in basis point. Right, how many ticks does the market have to move to represent a single basis point move in yield? All right, that, that kind of sounds boring. It sounds like an accounting thing, but it's not. All right, because each of those contracts are different depending on where you are on the yield curve. 
And an understanding of this concept can be what makes these markets better to trade than any other market. Okay, um, so let's talk basis points, right? Treasuries move in basis points. Yes, I know your quote screen says ticks, but those in the know, as in anyone from the Fed down to the interest rate dealing rooms or professional uh, yield curve traders, follow the movement in terms of basis points, right? Follow the ticks. Most charting packages cannot make that conversion for you. They show you ticks. I'm looking at my charting thing right now and it's showing the movement in ticks, not basis points. Right? When you start following, when you start understanding how to calculate this, and you can do it in your head. You can do it in a spreadsheet. Uh, I like doing it in a spreadsheet because it takes the thinking out of it. Uh, but um, uh, some charting packages do it and so they tend to be more the expensive ones. But if let's assume we don't have all that. Um, then you can do it in a spreadsheet and you can get the information straight off the CME website for it. Um, again, go back and listen to that Treasury podcast if you don't know what I'm talking about. Right? So once we get there, when you start following these things, you'll start to see how these markets move together. Right? Without understanding DVO ones, it looks like they're, they're all over the place. But once you start understanding the basis point movement in these markets, you'll see how they all move together and how closely related they are. Uh, and it, you'll also see when one kind of gets out of whack a bit, right? Uh, and that happens frequently. Uh, for a scalper, we're, we're talking about trades that happen, um, you know, where markets get a few ticks out of whack, right? For a longer term spreader, it might be uh, more trading the shape of the yield curve, taking a more um, uh, economic kind of view on things. But either way, these out-of-whack moments happen. Right? When you know your market, these little trades seem to pop up more and more often. Right? So what do we do about it? Well, those of you listening are either in two camps here. One, um, if, you're, uh, if you're new to, it depends on whether you're new to treasuries or not. If you've done my uh, DOM boot camp, you'll know all about DVO1s and treasuries. So for you guys, just add the Ultra T note, the Ultra note, and the Ultra Bond to your watch list. You'll find the DVO1s on the CME site on that page that the course links to, the same place as the DVO1s for the other markets. Uh, start watching them. Start watching the rate of change in yield for each of them. All right, you might find those trades you look at for look at in the in the fives versus the T note are a bit more obvious or frequent when you look at say the T note versus the Ultra note or the ultra note versus the bond, or the bond versus the ultra bond. Right? Um, these, are, these are what, remember what we call relative value trades. It happened um, a lot last year when the, the fives were in sleep mode. Not so much now. You, um, in the last few weeks, the um, uh, yields of, uh, or the bond prices have sold off and yields have, um, have gone up quite a bit and the volatility's picked up a heck of a lot. But last year, the fives were, were very quiet. And you started seeing those kind of trades, the better kind of relative value trades start appearing further down the yield curve. That is looking at the, the, um, the T note, the ultra note and so on. Okay, so those trades in more volatile times, what we might look at say a five versus a, a 10 year note. Well, when things are quieter, those trades might pop up more in say an ultra note versus the bond. Does that make sense? Um, so the one warning 
is of course, you, and, and you'll figure this out once you start looking at um, DVO1s and volatility of the contracts, is the longer you are out on the yield curve, the more volatile the market will be. Uh, so you don't want to jump into a trading an ultra bond like you would trade a five-year note um, because it's a heck of a lot more volatile. Uh, and, and you see that just in, um, you can look up your average true range or look up DVO1, which is a measure of volatility. Right. Um, but what, what you just want to start doing is start looking for those variances. And email me, send me a screenshot when you see something and a question. Okay. Um, now, the other side of the camp, as I mentioned, if you are new to treasuries, let's start with two little things. As I said before, uh, scroll back um, and listen to my treasuries podcast. Listen for the bit about DVO ones. I've had some really good feedback just on that podcast alone at how it, how it changed the way people look at those markets. Uh, so um, listen to that one. That's number one. Now, add the, uh, in your charting platform, you probably have a little quote list. Um, add the treasuries to your quote list. Okay. So in the list, you'll have the fives uh, or ZF, then the T note or ZN is the code, then the ultra note, which is TN, the T bond, which is ZB and the uh, ultra bond, which is UB. So you have those five in a row that it, so in a way it shows you, if you do that in order, it shows you a yield curve, right? Uh, and then remember, you've already listened to my treasuries podcast, calculate how many ticks it would take for each one of those contracts to move one basis point. All right. So all of this won't make sense without you listening to that other podcast first. Um, but calculate how many ticks each of those will have to move to move one basis point. Then we, when you've set all of that up, start keeping an eye on these markets as you're trading your other markets, whatever else it is you're looking at. But try to watch how these markets might move together and if at all, they deviate, right? And that's when you can start seeing relationships. Compare it also to your e-mini or your currencies, okay? Now, I absolutely guarantee you're not going to see these relationships straight away, but they, they're there, okay? Um, and quite often, these, these the, the opportunities are subtle. In fact, I'll give you an example. I was in Singapore uh, with a group of trainees, uh, I think there were five or six of them in a group, and we were trading the U.S. yield curve. They, these guys were on the sim. I was trading live at the time, on a live account, I should say, uh, and we were trading the five, fives, tens, and thirties. The ultras didn't exist back then, but this is a good example of how these things can move and can move a little bit out of whack and provide you with a trading opportunity, right? So here's the scenario and I can't remember the exact prices so bear with me but the markets have been pushing higher uh, a little higher all day and finding a point of resistance kind of like a um, what do they call it in charting an ascending triangle um, but it had a real reluctant sleepy feel to it you know uh, I was watching the fives and the thirties mostly because the tens were a bit um, a bit of the Goldilocks kind of market that went really kind of in the middle of it uh, so I was watching the fives and the thirties. The fives were quite active and the thirties were lagging, right? And I thought I'd just try a little something. So I, I assumed there was going to be a break of some kind of that resistance level, right? And I wanted to see if I could make a little money off it or even help trigger it, right? So with the bond lagging, I knew I could get long at a good price um, and just sit on the bid and get, and, and get a couple of lots on 
get long at a good price and have what I thought was a low risk trade. The market was in a range. It wasn't going anywhere, right? It was near that resistance level, but it wasn't jittery yet, right? So I could I could get long at a good price and know I wouldn't lose much if the, if the trade didn't work out, right? But the fives were a little bit more jittery, right? They, they kept pushing around that resistance level. I kept a close eye on it and how it was behaving close to that resistance point. My goal was to get to be the first trade above that resistance point. So as soon as it went offered, I clicked with with just a little one lot in the fives. Uh, I went long the fives. I was already long the 30s, remember. And what happened then is that move in the fives, when that hit that level, that new level high for the day, it triggered everything else to go a bit crazy. That is the 10s and the 30s, and they all jumped up a few points within a few seconds. Now, I'd already put my offer in to get out of the 30s above that resistance point. I can't you know, call it um, a five-tick trade in total. I think it was something like that. Uh, so it wasn't exactly in a blink of an eye, but it was very quick when the fives broke that level, thanks to me buying one at market, that it triggered movement in the others. And it was all algo-driven movement, stops going off and that kind of thing. So... My position that I got in the T-bond made a good amount of money. I think I ended up scratching the five-year contract because the market did come back. There was nothing to keep it pushing higher. It was just a few stops being triggered by algos and that type of thing. Uh, but the point here is to show you how these markets are closely related. And those relationships can create little trading opportunities, even that little one that I mentioned. I think it was good for five ticks in the bond. And it wouldn't have been good for 100 lot or anything like that. Uh, but you could have done 20, you know, that kind of thing. And that's good money for a trade that, look, from memory, I think was less than a minute. Uh, and you wouldn't have even seen that on um, on a chart because if you're looking at one-minute charts, it all happened within a minute. So it, it looked like those levels were broken at the same time, but they weren't, right? Uh, and it was, it was all about understanding. It wasn't a DVO1 trade so much, but it was all about understanding that there's a slight leader-lagger relationship that changes all the time. It changes all the time, right? But the trick is you have to know what you're looking for. You have to understand your market, you know, uh, and understanding what markets are, are trading and how they're related is, is the start of doing that, right? Uh, and the start of doing that is to start watching them. So add them to your watch list. Uh, so you always see them. If you don't trade interest markets, then it's about time you start thinking of it and start looking at it. Uh, they can be far better markets to trade than the more volatile group of markets out there, right? Uh, you know, when the dust settles. Uh, and they can be better markets to apply proper analytics, real analytics, okay? Um, and you know what? An understanding of what I just said will come with time, right? I don't expect everyone to go, oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, but it comes with time and practice. Right. But the first step is to add them to your watch list. Once you do that, the second step is to start looking for patterns, looking for those little patterns, looking for those little uh, movements where, hold on, uh, you know, four out of five of those markets are doing one thing and then one is the other one's going to lag in behind. What does that mean? What's going to happen next? What's the opportunity? Right. Check it out. So if you're new to treasuries or if you're an old hat, that's fine. Either way, if you see something like that, if you see something, say something, take a snapshot and send it to me and we'll have a chat about it. Um, and uh, But that's about it for today anyway. Uh, just something new for you. I hope you get something out of it. And as always, trade well. 
And this podcast was brought to you by my site, masterclasstrader.com. If you're interested in learning more about treasuries and relative value and spread trading, check out the Dom Bootcamp for number one, then check out the advanced spread trading course. Uh, number two, for more a longer term uh, approach to spreading, the DOM thing is more about the shorter term approach to spreading. Check out the specials page too. There's a link at the top of the page, masterclasstrader.com. Or if you want to go straight there, it's forward slash specials. And you'll see a decent discount there if you buy one or both uh, of the major courses. So uh, check it out, masterclasstrader.com.